0: Welcome to Hustle and Pro. I'm your host, Kelly Walker, and we're here for episode 160 of Hustle and Pro. We're actually, when I say we're here, we are at the pit, the performance indoor training. You can see the field behind me. That's not superimposed. We're actually sitting in the middle of the soccer field. And we're doing that because we're talking soccer today with our guest, Dennis Genus. Hi Dennis.
1: Hi, how are you doing Kelly?
0: I'm great. I'm excited to talk to you. A mutual friend uh, said, hey, you got to talk to Dennis, he's awesome (laughs) and look at his story and sent me all this stuff and I was like, yeah, I do, I do need to talk to you. So I'm excited. I've read a little about you. I know a little but I want to hear from your words, just there's there's a lot of soccer in your life, right? And so...
1: That's all there is. That's all there ever has been to be fair. Yeah. I I don't know what I'd do without soccer.
0: So, do you say soccer though? I know I'm going to say soccer, but what do you? I will do?
1: say it for now, and then if I slip sometimes and say football, then I will do that and as long as people are okay with that. So that's what I'll well,
0: do. It, it's tricky, right? In Texas, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably naturally want to want to say. I'm more, more
1: to the point now. I think I've been here long enough where I say soccer more often than not.
0: Yeah. My
1: people in England give me grief actually if I post anything and say soccer, and they go, "Come on, Dennis, I sort bet. it out." So. I bet. I bet.
0: <laughs> okay, then let's start there. Um, you're not from Texas, right? That's not why you quite. why you say football. So tell us a little bit about like the early days. Where are you from? And early days of soccer for you?
1: Oh, um, I'm from Nottingham in England, which is north of London as a reference point for most people. I always try to explain to people that where I'm really from is if people understand where the movie Robin Hood, mm-hmm. Sherwood Forest, and the and Nottingham Castle, that's actually where I'm from. That town there. So it sounds storybook. Yes, it's got a lot to it, and. Um, yeah, so I went to school in Nottingham, grew up there, um, and started playing soccer, I think, from the minute I could walk from what my parents told me, that I was kicking them before I was kicking a ball, and then eventually I ended up with the ball. <laughs> and in the, in the area that we grew up in, it was, it was just all athletes. For some reason, it was just all athletes that were playing various sports, but football was, football was one of the main ones, yeah. you know, and we would just get together. At school, we played it before school, we played it at every single break, at lunchtime, everywhere. Any chance we could an after-school, we'd play soccer, soccer as well. And it was <laughs> See, funny. You can't
0: help it. I know. Yeah, I'm all <laughs> over
1: the place with it. But mom, it was funny because we were supposed to go home and do our chores after school. Sure. And so we would have people on the lookout for, for your parents because oh, yeah. they'd come walking up the street past the school, and they'd be like, "Hey, Dennis, your mom's coming." So we'd have to go and hide, oh. or we'd have to take off and try and run home a different direction That's so funny. we'd get them before before your parents did. But um, it was. It's, it's always been everything I've known has just been with a soccer ball and um, yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: It sounds like it was the culture around you, you know, that's what everybody was doing. Did you, at a young age, did you know or see that you were good enough to continue on and play, you know, outside of being youth?
1: Um, I didn't, you know, it's funny, like we used to watch the game, watch the professional game back then. And, and again, in those days, it was, it's kind of a weird thing because it's so different now that it wasn't something you really related to because there wasn't that many players in, in my time growing up that were relative in terms of culture and color and nationality. So it was, there were very few players. And it wasn't until there was, um, the first ones for me were really like um, Sora Regis that played for West Bromwich Albion and Laurie Cunningham. And the, the coach of that team, um, Ron Atkinson, um, ended up being the Man United manager. He was one of the first managers to play three black players uh, Bats and Laurie Cunningham, and Cyril Regis. And I was fascinated by watching those guys. Because yeah. I could relate to them. I was yeah, like, whoa. Because it really was that rare. Yeah, it really it was that was, unique, it caught like you, at, at yeah. then. And Cyril Regis was a forward, but he was a big forward. Which is you. Which was me, but yeah. I wasn't big. Yeah. Uh, Laurie Cunningham was slim and really fast. So that was more like, and very skillful. And so, and then in the, in the later years, a few years later now, someone like John Barnes, who was my hero back then, he was, he was, he still is to me a legend, legendary. He really caught my eye and really started to make me want to play the game. In fact, people would say we resembled each other.
0: You then. might, right? Like if you yeah. emulated his style or yeah. his skill or you know yeah. the way he moves, yeah. you kind of, sometimes you do that when you idol somebody and you're watching, you're yeah. kind of studying. <laughs> you might not mean to do it, yeah, right? But you might them. pick up yes. on things or, move yeah. the ball away he did or something. I actually
1: remember signing his autograph once. Somebody said to me, hey, oh. John Barnes, will you sign my autograph? And I oh, went, how funny. okay. <laughs> oh, like you
0: actually look like him? Yeah. Oh, how funny. I thought you just meant the style of play. No, but like you like, resembled you, You 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 actually then,
1: so, um Wow. And uh, he ended up being a mega star, played for England. He, he's from Jamaica, and so he ended up playing for England. And um, Liverpool, Watford he was at, then he went to Liverpool, where he was a legend and still is. Yeah.
0: So you played, okay, playing through the 80s, you, um, tell me like what are the, some of the teams and experiences that stand out to you the most?
1: Um, well, in my local town, Nottingham Forest, um, who've just got promoted this year after 23 years of being in the wilderness.
0: Not that you're counting, or? I wasn't counting, <laughs> I wasn't
1: worried about it, but that's where my son started as well, so that's another story. Yeah. But back then, um, the teams that were like United. You know, Leeds United and teams that aren't even around in the Premier League now, Coventry City, Birmingham City, the, these were teams that you were related to the Premier League, or then it was called um, the Division, Division One. you know what I mean? And so, um, I loved watching games every weekend. Match of the day was the one, it was different as it it is now where you can get games throughout the uh, whole day. Yeah. We just match of the so day on a focus Saturday. Focus on the one. Yeah. Yeah, it, they would, it, it, the yeah. Match of the day, Jimmy Hill. And um, it would come on and you'd just get highlights of a couple of games and then they'd have the main game. And then if you got something on Sunday, you were very lucky back then. So those were the teams for me, like Leeds United United were my team. And I love Leeds United because, this was so crazy as well, because they were all white. They were like so pristine. And it was like one of my first youth teams that I played for were all white. And it was called Clifton All Whites. So I I saw the kit and thought, oh, that's so fresh, it's so bright.
0: really sharp, yeah. But
1: they were so good as well. They were a really, really good team. And, um, you know, they had one of the first, when England won the World Cup in 66, they had a player playing, Jackie Charlton, one of the best defenders, his brother, Bobby Charlton, who was at uh, Manchester United, he he was playing. Um, So, and they were one of the first teams in England, you know, to really be dominating in Europe. Didn't really win it, but one of the most dominant teams. And then Forrest, you know, they had some of the most exciting players as well. You know, like people like Ian Moore, which a lot of people won't know about, but if there was a lucky move, Ian Moore was one of the, he was almost like a Georgie Best. He really was for Nottingham. He was so skillful. And he ended up being one of my coaches down the, down the road. And I got a lot of leeway from him because his head coach, and he was the assistant, so the head coach was pretty tough on me. He was always trying to give me a hard time and him would just say to him, leave him alone, let him just do let his flair, let yeah. him be, You because know, he related to it. So we always, we always got on a really well That's a good that relationship.
0: Way. Is that somebody who um, like influenced you to, because you, you started shifting into being a player coach, right, mm-hmm. and, and we we'll talk a lot about coaching too, but um, is that somebody who influenced you in wanting to be able to do that?
1: Um, yeah, he was, because I liked his style. He was very smooth, very easygoing, um, but he was hard enough in his own way. He, he, he still demanded from you and expected he, pretty much he was like if i'm going to have you do you then you need to do you <laughs> otherwise yeah. i can't defend you Let basically you, yeah. so he was great in his his own way it was like it was like brian clough was there was brian clough and peter taylor were at forest they were the main two. brian clough was a legend well brian clough it was it was good cop bad cop brian clough would rip everybody's heads off that's just how he was
0: his style
1: yeah and and then peter taylor was the he'd come in and, and smooth things out well this is how these guys were frank wignall and he and story moore they would do the same thing with the balance. players and and the balance was was really 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 good
0: i think that's important though right because you have somebody that is showing you that like they're not going to stand for you know anything less than the standard that they want to set but then you have the other softer coach maybe that's showing you that maybe they they have the the personal connections with you or yes. that they're there to care for you a little bit more and so you get both sides. Yeah. So you have to have both sides to have a team that's successful, right? Yes,
1: and and, and and it was good as well because in my household that I was raised in, it was a tough household, it was tough times back then, especially from a race perspective. It was it was tough so we had to be very weary of what we were doing growing up. Our parents would always remind us about, you know, you need to be keep out of trouble, you know, and, but we were disciplined and so they weren't interested in us messing around at school you go to school to get your education so going into those coaching environments was almost like a it was a release it was somewhere where I could just go and you know and excel and do what I what I really loved and even though this coach was kind of tough he wasn't tough compared to my parents to right know, to me so right. it was like okay you yeah, can handle yeah, it. yeah I can handle this and yeah. so but then but I know they meant well for me and they were pushing for me to always do the best that I could and it and it just set me up Every time I played, I always wanted to be because a striker. I always wanted to be the top goal scorer. And so once I became, once I was on this path of being the top goal scorer, growing up, it just became something that I would always want to do. And there was, a, it was weird also because there was, a, it ended up being a reason behind it that I, in subconsciously, didn't realize. And um, because I was never going to get picked as MVP, never. But it, some people, it bothered. Why? You know? Well, because of you the color knew, of my
0: skin, you, you just knew it wasn't going to happen. People it, would MVP. give you that. It was almost moment. like back
1: in the day here, where they would make those comments about black quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's like Which has all changed now.
0: Like you're starting at a different. Yes. Like you can't catch up. To, no. Yeah.
1: You no matter what you were going to do, it was like you weren't going to be the MVP. Yeah. So to me, straight away with realizing that, I was like, well, I can do math. I know that you were giving out top goal scorers. The numbers. Yeah. So I had to be top goal scorer.
0: Can't deny
1: that, yes. right? No. So so yeah. I, I was so so it drove me. It didn't end to me. It drove me on 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 all the time. And I passed some of that stuff on to my kids. Of course. We played you know, yeah. like um, that I,
0: shapes a lot yes. of their play. Yeah. And, or how they see the game. And, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah.
1: It was good times.
0: I read that uh, someone described you as a popular player with tenacity for scoring goals <laughs> and a broad smile. So I love that like. I love that you just said all that you said, and that you're smiling so big about it. I do. I do want to talk more about how you talk about race affecting your career, right? Mm -hmm. And your how your parents talk to you about it and bringing Mm -hmm. you up. So I want to I want to go there next. But first, I want to take a quick break before we jump into that. Um, We'll take a a word from our sponsor really quick, and we will be back with Dennis Genius right after this. This episode is brought to you by The Pit Performance Indoor Training. The Pit has three training and entertainment complexes in the DFW area that offer both indoor and outdoor elite soccer training. The Pit offers league play for co-ed, youth, and adult leagues. And for training, the Junior Academy is for ages two through six, plus the Pit Soccer Academy for ages five plus, and goalkeeper training is offered as well. To learn more about the pit, Frisco, Plano, or Roanoke, head to performanceindoortraining.com. We are back with Hustle and Pro with our guest, Dennis Genus. All right, so you mentioned race being a factor a few times. And so I read that when you did start that transition, player coach and then coach, that you were the third um, Personal color to achieve a full coaching license. Was that a whole nother challenge that you saw when you got to that point?
1: Yeah, that was um, talking about, you know, things that influenced me. I, I ended up going on to my, the English coaching badge because I was working for the boys clubs at the time and they had a program that just, they just implemented where they were Sending all their staff to, to to basically go and do whatever coaching you wanted, whatever sport you wanted to go and coach in. If you want to do that, we'll sign you up. Great. And so I'd seen that one football, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want, I'm going to do that. It was not nothing. It wasn't even anything to the fact of I, I saw myself as a coach down the road. But it was. It obviously it was my favorite sport.
0: Right. And, and I thought the opportunity. Hey, I
1: can let's go do it. And one of the instructors prior to me actually doing it, when I told him I was going to do it, he's like, I don't think you should. You're ready to do that yet? And I'm like, well, I'm doing it because it has been paid for. So I went and did it, yeah. and um, it was an experience. Um, at the time, I never knew anything about, I wasn't even thinking anything about how many black players or black people had ever had their coaching licenses. Um, but whilst I was on the license, whilst I was on the course, it was so funny, some of the, some of the silly things that were being said that were just so ignorant when you look at them now you know yeah um, you
0: say funny like i feel like it wasn't funny right but to you not make sense right well you know ignorant like you said i
1: found that i dealt with those things pretty well and i i think it's because of playing the game and i used the game to basically if you said something to me that was derogatory you were that's probably the worst thing you could have done in the game because now whatever fast i was i was gonna become twice as fast and i'd come back to you and let you know hey that just scored on you yeah you know so right. i used it as a motivational Motivation. thing for me yeah um and because it, it just seemed so natural it, just, it seemed oriented, normal right yeah so like yeah. So, so that was my answer it was like i'm not having you pull me down i'm going to rise up and let you know this is yeah. what it was and when, you know yeah. coach is saying okay then it's just supposed to be one of the fastest it was this stereotypical thing supposed to be one of the fastest let's have this race with this kid who they thought was really fast and i'm like ah, let's not do that and before you know it, we have this race and Obviously, I win, because that's what I'm, I have to do. That's what you do. I have to do. And so, and Then there was another situation where we were talking about a topic, a, a pattern of play, and where they were talking about the wide player making a run, then he wanted this wide player on the opposite side to come all the way in and across, and, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, Why would you have that person come back in and they, mm-hmm. just have them come in at the back post? And, um, and so he was asking the other coaches, well, what do you think? And they were like, I'm looking at them, I'm going, really?
0: Like you just yeah. said, and yeah. And so
1: I'm like, no. And so he says, well, we'll talk about it at debrief. I'm like, so we're walking back for lunch and I'm saying to these guys, really? Do you guys agree with that? And they were all like, well, yeah. I says, no. So we get into the debrief and we're talking and he's, we're getting close to finishing. And he says, anybody got any questions? And I went, I do. And he went, it's okay, Dennis. And so I was like, oh, okay. This is how it's gonna be. <laughs> but the, it wasn't in a negative sense. It was, he said, it's okay. It was almost as though he was challenging me. He mm-hmm. was challenging me. Yeah. And then another day he was like, why do, you, why do you lot always have a chip on your shoulder? These, you have no idea. Why do you always have a chip on your shoulder? And it just- Just
0: because you spoke up. It, it,
1: okay. it, well, he was, he was talking about just black people in general, yeah. players and everything, and it's just like, and I says, well, I looked at him and I says, I wouldn't say we've got a chip on our shoulders, but I says, but if you get called the N-word and you're being disrespected all the time while you're playing, it's gonna kind of make some people react in different ways and everybody's different. So it's not that we carry a chip on our shoulder, it's just that that's not being addressed. And so um, I ended up working with a lot of players, black players with a team and I spent a lot of time with them and they're a very good team But I was trying to tell them about. There's only one answer right now. Because it was the only thing we could control was when we played you, we had to win.
0: Right.
1: That was the only thing we could control. It's it's almost similar to politics and all that kind of stuff. What can you really control yourself? And so I was like, look, I don't want to hear it. Before we go on the pitch, this is going to happen. Just so you're very clear, we know it's going to happen before it even happens. Right. So let's forget it. Don't let it in.
0: Don't
1: let it in. Yeah. It's 11 v 11, but it's really 11 v 14 because the officials are with them. And even
0: the crowd. Right? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, just the could, environment. Some
1: of the songs. Does it not
0: feel like everybody was kind of against you?
1: Well, this. yeah. And some of the songs that I grew up listening to were absolutely horrendous back then. Because, I mean, things have come so far forward now. You know, there's there's, there's all these groups now that are fighting against mm-hmm. all this um, discriminatory behavior. Back then, it was it was nothing. Nobody
0: was there to, no. like.
1: Officials would just. Change they, it. they would call you. It all was they okay would, with. Yeah. Yeah. They would call you those names while they were next to the official. And you'd look at the ref and I'd be like, hey. And they'd be like, get on with the game.
0: But if the official doesn't <laughs> doesn't care, no. then.
1: So you gotta get on with it. We had to yeah. get on with it, you know. Yeah. But it was, but for That's me. That's
0: a lot though to lead, like chip on your shoulder, no, but to me it's like a weight of just an extra mm-hmm. burden yeah. for you to be dealing with. Like you might've compartmentalized it well
1: mm-hmm.
0: and helped your players when you were coaching and helped protect. Uh, prepare them yeah. for what to expect, mm-hmm. but that is like a whole nother element yeah. to your game and mindset that you had to deal with that yeah. not everybody else did.
1: No, and, I, and, and even to the point of, you know, I was having to teach my son that, teach my daughter about it, you know, educate them, which is, which was, but they had to be aware. Yeah. Because it, it would seem like it's all roses, but there's a reality, and, um, but I also made sure that they were aware that I wasn't taking it as an excuse.
0: Which is a good, yeah. It's a, it's something you have to teach them. Yes. I do want to talk about your son. I mean, you <laughs> mentioned your daughter too. I don't know, I don't know anything about her, but I do want to ask you about um, Jermaine. So you also, you were coaching him at Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. Academy. Yeah. And then, um, so he went on to have a successful pro player career, mm-hmm. and now even more. So um, you were coaching him. He was like little, or how old? So it
1: really started with him when he was uh, two and a half, three. Okay. And so. Um, <laughs> once I got, and this is again, this is the part of the beauty, once I'd got my coaching license, and as, as we were saying, as, a, as the third black person in the whole of England, which was amazing, um, and I think I was the first non-professional to, to, to achieve that, I was then starting to coach. And so whenever I'd go and coach in clinics, when I was doing things or I learned something, I would bring it home and I'd yeah. be like, hey, I gotta show you something. Yeah. And so I'd, I would go coaching all day, if it was the summertime, do stuff with these kids, and, and I'd be like, Go oh my god, him was more. then I'd come home, and I'd be like, hey, come and try this, yeah. and so he would do things just naturally at three, and I'm like, this is weird, Yeah, but I, 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 ju- I just tell. kept, and yeah. he was just, he was just football, 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 I would take him to all my games, he would come with, he'd come to all the games, you know, we have pictures of him just, yeah, you know, watching the games and, and stuff like that, he was just a fanatic for it, and so once he is the different system in Europe and around the world, to be fair, is getting there slowly here. So the difference is that you play your club. Mm-hmm. He was playing for clubs like it could be FC Dallas, or it could be right. Dutch FC. Right. If you were playing, all of a sudden there'd be these scouts. They'd be like, "Hey, they'd come and try and find the parents, but need to talk to you about your son or your yeah. daughter." Right, right. And they would just before you know, it, you were no longer playing on that team. You were taken out. And you were—it's almost like these academies that they're trying to create to now. Mm-hmm. So they would take you there, and so he went there when he was eight years old. Oh wow! And it was in Nottingham, so it was mm-hmm. all perfect. It mm-hmm. was like he would just basically go to school. After school, he'd go to the forest training facilities. They'd have the teachers there and the and the classroom yeah. stuff, and then he'd have to play. And but so it's we,
0: made for soccer, it's a school for soccer. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: So it was made. It was Nottingham Forest. It was a professional football club. And then they had these academies, they'd all suddenly develop these academies. So every football club has the academies. That's the
0: difference here. We call stuff academy, but no, it's, not it's not a really school academy. based around no, the no, football. No, no, it's no. kids lumped into that system. Yes. That's pointing you to like an MLS team or something. Yeah. But very little it, that I know of is like an actual soccer school around yeah, here. It's, right? it, no. There's a couple, I mean, I, I, there's a I thing. And plus,
1: I think the other difference is that they really are not result orientated. They really we would play games you'd have your squad you'd play your game and then you'd have your meeting with the the bosses on them on the monday morning and they would say to you so how did they perform were based on the topics you were working with because you have, you'd have a topic for a whole school term
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you wasn't that's you what wasn't, they're looking you, for they're just saying you were so you'd work on passing and varying levels and degrees and of passing control passing mm-hmm. and movement first touch second that's what you worked on for the whole school first school term yeah and that's all they were focused that's what they were on They evaluating on yes yeah not now, the result so i much. would you know as coaches well, I mean, you, you, wanna just, win, you but, still want to win i'm like hey but, we need to do that but we need to win okay <laughs> but yeah you
0: want to see that development checked yes. off the list before just looking at this and score.
1: you have that so you go through that whole process for years if you, if you because every year you get evaluated yeah and
0: if you're still in and
1: so some go and some yeah. stay and the blessing was um I was able to coach them for three, four years, and we went on beating for three or four years that, that oh, team wow. that he had. Yeah. So,
0: so much for not looking at the results, you were yeah, still, the you were still I, I, anyway.
1: I, like I said, I sneakily, <laughs> I always sneakily told them, hey, we need to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, you always want to win. <laughs> so I don't, I'm sure I'm missing some teams that Jermaine played for, uh, Newcastle United, Aston Villa.
1: Queen's Park Rangers.
0: Tottenham, Queens Park. Okay, would you believe me if I told you I had a Queens Park Rangers rug in my house?
1: <laughs> I, don't know. I know.
0: Well, my husband's a big soccer fan, and it was a gift to us from somebody, his brother, who was there traveling, and he like brought this rug back to us, and it's like in the <laughs> middle of our game room. It's now our like our soccer room. We have jerseys on the wall and team pictures and all kinds of stuff. But I randomly know. With the queens park rangers okay, are because of that awesome. yeah. yeah and so then um, and the english national team yes Yeah.
1: So, so he was he started out at forest and at 18 he went to newcastle became the joint iced teenage player for five million his transfer was back then wow. and it was him and ronaldo that played for brazil they, they were the two eyes paid two eyes transfers teenagers wow. and their coach uh, bobby robson mm-hmm. he bought them both he bought the, the two of them he, he was brilliant as wow. well as a coach so he left there he did newcastle had a great time there then he went to tottenham had a, had a great time at tottenham also he was obviously he was in the england program going going up through, mm-hmm, the, for through the youth the ranks youth. and then um picked up a couple of injuries and ended up moving to aston villa and queens park rangers let me
0: ask you what time do you remember him starting in the uh, England national team programs like what when do they just comparing it to yeah. here when do they start noticing players
1: well they will. I think he was around 13 14 okay, so similar yeah very similar uh, and he didn't make his first couple I remember I remember re- being really upset and I was just like well okay maybe you should have but you just gotta go that a again lot, though. Yeah. you
0: hear that a lot from successful guys that they rewind and realize I got cut from this big moment that I should have yeah. thought I should have had, but then you, they stick with it, and you know, and they come, it comes yeah. back around. Those coaches saw something, or they, you know, mm-hmm. you get more chances, you develop something else, yeah. and you come back and get
1: the chance. And 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 we always, like I said, I never babied him about it. it was, we we were very honor I sympathized yeah. with him, but it was like, what do you want to do? And it was right. even when he went into the professional game, and they said, hey. This needs to be your diet. There's no more of this junk food and sodas and all that. I says, okay. You, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's up to you now. Right. And he basically, but you, do, you
0: have to make that decision. Yes. Because it doesn't all just fall into place. Well, you to have make,
1: to decide. I like you to make it like nine which and ten. Commitments. Yeah. Nine and ten. That's it early. I thought. That's early. But he did it, yeah. and he was very, and he still is. He's very, very dedicated to it, and it ended up. He ended up going to two World Cups. That's you know, amazing. which was, and the beauty of that was, is that when he was a young kid growing up. I brought him to the World Cup in America, uh, and we remember we, we talked about it. And it's like, um, that's so, so I cool. brought him to the World Cup in America because this just this just happened not long ago. So we set, we had a picture of him being here at the World Cups. Then he'd participated in a couple, the other two World Cups as a player. Well, then on top of that, he just recently became the announcer
0: yeah.
1: of, for the World Cup. So, and I'm like, right. you just like, you pretty three, much, you uh, had the, the, the You just fan, had the hat-trick. player, yes. The
0: broadcaster. So that is so cool. I mean. Not many people get to say that. No,
1: it's 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 absolutely fantastic. That I is mean, absolutely so fantastic. We
0: we have World Cup fever in our house. We have a countdown in, at the yeah. f- in
1: and our then house. and we didn't talk about it. My daughter is the next one. That is my mission. I'm out of control of it now, but my mission for her to try to make one of the national teams and to make professional. She just she just finished playing in Finland just over a year ago. Oh, she was playing for Helsinki, and um, wow. she got injured. She came back home, she's been rehabbing, she's back in training now. And anytime now we're <clears throat> we're hoping that she'll get back out into the professional world to start her journey. What's her name? Alexa.
0: Okay, Alexa. So
1: she So we'll watch she's uh I told her I used to I used to call her my Mia Hamm because she's a goal scorer. Oh okay. So You said Keep an eye out a
0: national team. What will her choices be? Well, because I know this is a thing, right? <laughs> where your parents were born. Yeah, yeah. your, your, has three choices. Three two, choices.
1: She, she it could be full, but she has three. three okay. She has three, two for sure, and one we're looking at. So she has the obviously the America, mm-hmm. USA,
0: because she was born she here. She was born here. Okay. Yep,
1: and then she she can play for England, okay, because she's now got the passport and everything because okay. of my birthday. You, you okay? And then Jamaica. There's a possibility because okay. my parents are from Jamaica. Okay. And then my wife's um, mom is from Norway.
0: Wow. Now that'd
1: be a deeper scenario because you'd have to get into her great grandparents and find out yeah. if they can find anything out. But in reality, she could end up. She
0: could choose. But yeah.
1: the first steps are is that we're getting her back out there um,
0: That's anytime
1: amazing. soon. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that prospect. That's too. so
0: cool. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. I want to talk about one last topic which is your your orange hair you're wearing, your Dutch, uh, Dutch Lions. Um, that's your role. Like that's that's. I don't know if that's why you came to Frisco, but that's what you're doing. Is that yes. why you came to Frisco? No. Or, or do you live in Frisco?
1: No, I actually live in Fort Worth.
0: Oh, you do? Yeah. You I, came all the way up I here. Commute, to talk to me. I
1: commute to coach here as well.
0: Um, so you are, let's see,
1: Dutch Director. Lions
0: Director of Coaching. Yes. And that's not even going in a year old now, right? Yeah, just so about, what, yeah. So what brought you to that? Is your style match up? Like, what
1: brought you to that? Um, the, the, the owner of the club, Wilco, um, Wilco Ravistein is, he's the one that convinced me because I wasn't going to, I wasn't, I've been coaching well, for 30 odd years and I'd, I was a director of coaching for my own club in Albuquerque, New Mexico for 25 years. Oh, wow. And so when we moved here, I was moved here because of my daughter and her children, you know, so we're our grandkids. And so, and it was at COVID Mm-hmm. So at that time, it was like nothing was really happening. you know what? Yeah. I think, so let's just go.
0: A reset for you. Yes. And yeah. so
1: came here and it was looking for opportunities to coach. And it was, I was doing some bits of stuff with different places here. Um, and then I saw this, you know, an application for, I put an application for a coaching position with Dutch FC. And I'm like, okay, no idea about all this traveling thing of, I was an hour away so I, till I came down and met Wilco. And, um, he explained his view of the project. Cause it's a pretty new club, mm-hmm. and what he would like to do. And I love this sincerity. He's very genuine. He's about the community. Um, the club yep. is um, it's it's newish. It's about three years. He and he got into it just to coach his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple of fields that they're developing. The the teams are growing slowly. Uh, we've got some great young coaches that are committed to to the project, and it's and it's very community based. Yeah.
0: It has a really good reputation yeah. um, for that reason. And some of my favorite soccer friends uh, that we've played with right here on these fields, those families have gone to their yeah. Dutch Lions in the last few years. And so I know it's a good place to be because yeah. those are like people with really good hearts and make good decisions. And So, so that's
1: your next move to Dutch FC. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I know. It hasn't been our path yet. But, uh, but yeah, Brilliant some tight. of my
0: sons teammates since they were teeny tiny yeah. or yeah play yeah. there and love it so. Yeah, it's
1: a very genuine club um yeah. I, I he, he convinced me to help develop it um and I'm glad I made that decision because I'm enjoying it Good. and and it's developing the coaches developing the kids and we're having fun doing it so um, I think they're going to be we're going to be where we need to be in a few years' time will be very... Com- and we're very competitive financially, so I think that we offer quality yes. and it's competitive financially, so eventually that will come into play. and Oh, it
0: already does. Yeah. It's a factor, for sure.
1: That's another thing. It's so expensive to play soccer so, in America, safe. then it, it's on a wheel. Yeah.
0: Is that a, to- a a big difference that you do see here? Oh, we we really limit the talent that we could have because of the price tag. Yeah.
1: The, the, it's, it's almost like a... Mm, I don't know, if it's a mortgage, it could be a mortgage payment for some people. In a lot of sports, to be fair, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's definitely, the market is definitely, there's a big market that is missed because of sure. the financial constraints. Oh, yeah. Um, people. Kids have. that
0: just can't, families.
1: Yeah. That can't commit. Can't, they want to. And it to. won't
0: ever even get to, like, the, the level of, like, knowing they could even, I, I don't know, like, they'll just miss the whole boat because yeah. they think they can't. Yes, not and they mentioned That's
1: why they eventually go into other things, mm-hmm. um, other sports. Um, yeah,
0: but that, I do think it's 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 something that American soccer has to fix or close that gap to get yes. more competitive. Yes. Well, right? when
1: I first came here, twenty odd years ago, it was nothing like this. It, it wasn't a business. It, it just wasn't really. It's become such a major business, yeah. um, the, the game of soccer over here, that it, people are charging astronomical amounts of money just to just to be registered just to be then that's the not next. counting when you have to go to travel right. if you want to do ODP play, yeah. it so the higher you, you you want to travel to do this the more, the more you get it's costing you so like with my daughter the blessing was she ended up getting a scholarship um, and for her I was on her all the time because she, she didn't start till she was nine but I was like uh, cuz I'm not used to that from England we're like we just go to school Right. I was like, well, if you think about going to college, because I read all this stuff about you have to pay if you want to, I'm like, well, yeah. if you want to go to college, you better get that scholarship. Yeah. Because I can't afford to be, right. <laughs> right. it. Right. And, and it was true. It was like, Yeah. and I can just feel what people must feel if their child, if they have to be putting money out. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, and it's, it's sad.
0: Yeah. So you said it's like a business here, right? And mm-hmm. maybe you didn't feel like that when you first got here. So I'm curious in your perspective if it's a business here what do you call it in England
1: um, I guess it it's fun
0: it's okay so it's I was gonna say just a passion it's more just it's just a sport about the sport yeah it's not about the sport
1: because even away from the because you're either in the professional fields with the professional academies mm-hmm. and they're not you're not being charged you just go and There Aren't
0: schools that are like colleges no, here where no, you have to have fifty thousand no. dollars to have
1: your you, kid you, there? You go there. It's
0: like they take you. They
1: take you, and you don't pay anything out of pocket. You just go there after what school. What a
0: wild difference! Yeah,
1: and that's yeah. what happens generally around the world, and definitely around Europe. So, so
0: the best players aren't having to be asked their families to pay. They're oh. saying we're taking yes. them into. Our yes. care yes. for no charge to you because mm-hmm. we see their talent. Yeah. It's it's so and and you could be here. yeah and you could be playing <laughs> so
1: you could be playing okay. just for a, some local random team on this park but they have a scouting system mm-hmm. where people come around from all over the country and they just watch games. Yeah. yeah. Similar to how Mia Hamm was picked up, mm-hmm. you know, she was just on a park playing somewhere and somebody came by and saw that's her. How and and that's how it should be. That's and that's how it should and, be. But it, the sad thing is, it, it's and money is a restriction then you lo- you're definitely going to miss out on a oh, yeah. lot of talent. And that's why the game around the world is so good and so much ahead as well. Yeah. Because in reality, the game here is reflective of finances a lot. Whereas well, yeah. it's re- reflective of finances for a sure. lot. So yeah. you could have, they could pick up a kid who's just got a pair of boots, hasn't even got, got a ball, right. but he was playing for this team, and the scout comes in and says, hey, we'd love to have you play. Yeah. Well, guess what? You can go now. You can go and play, and so they have more opportunities. Now they still get cut. <laughs> they still get if they're not, not up to it. Sure. They, get, they still get cut. Or committed, pers- or yes. you still have to
0: have all the things. Yes. yes. Just not necessarily the money part. No. And that's yeah. I right. do. I've always. I mean, my husband talks about that a lot. i so i just hear that conversation. But I, the more you know, we see it, mm-hmm. and so I was curious to. to here the other your point side of you. that
1: is is um I, what I do like here is to be fair the college part is you can actually get a deg- you can go to school and get an education mm-hmm. get a degree if you love the sport right that part i do like you yeah. know, that part is good but when you start getting into for this, for the game to really take off here i really believe they need to implement a proper scouting system that is not based on monetary pay to play yeah
0: yeah i agree yeah. There's a lot there, I know, but, <laughs> but I appreciate your input and just hearing hearing about all these things. I know there's probably a lot more that we can talk about, so you're welcome back anytime. Yes. And yes. I appreciate you making the drive to come sit it's and talk to pleasure. us. a pleasure. I loved it. And I appreciate all of you for listening at your podcast platforms or watching if you're watching us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so that you get alerts for the next episode. And check us out and follow us on Instagram at Hustle and Pro. We'll see you next time.